Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 138. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westmouth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. You return to the settlement. Is it inflamed? Is it gone? They are intact? Yep. I'm dead. I'm trolls. Flooded. <laughs> I tried to warn you. You stole my children. No. Uh, as it turns out, it is in the same state as you left it last time. Some other non-distinct carter is loading up a cart of things. You're now here at, like, proper dinner time. You arrived last night late, and so you kind of just ate in, like, the taverny type place. But proper dinner time is food rolled out in the hall of Knutin himself. And so Davin and Port take you in. They consider their job finished as far as they escorted you through the whole space that they were supposed to. Yep. But they are still supposed to watch you. So they're kind of like, yeah, we're just going to sit over here, but we'll keep our eyes on you. It was wonderful spending the day with you. Peppa is polite as ever. And then, yeah, so the tables are all set up. They're like long benches and things like that. There's plenty of dwarves here. Some of them have gray hair. Some of them have beards. Some of them have neither of those things. And since we're going to eat, I can see if they have teeth. There are... Uh, Unless we're just having soup. Be a risk. There's various sources of meat laid out on platters, various chunks of bread, various root crops... And then the music starts, and, uh... And you're a famous bard. Uh... Somehow. Oh, the famous. In this place from some other thing you did last night. The dwarven bard takes the stage. It's Knutin himself. (laughs) Twist. No, Knutin is sitting at the head of one of the tables. Knutin himself is, uh... Got an impressive uh, long blonde mustache. He's got a, a helmet with some horns curled up on it. Very nice. Even though this is like the safe, secure halls of his people, his own axe and shield are, are not ever far from him. I think I'm carrying my sword everywhere. Yeah. And the hall is is hung with these green square green banners. And now now that you pause to think of it, you realize you've seen these square green banners hanging in each of the various places you've visited, the refinery and, and things like that. Outside the door to the tavern, there was one of these. These dwarves have an excellent artistic sense. Or maybe it's all green because, you know, the elves are visiting. Because the GM likes green. And the music currently being played is a combination of pipe, like a multi, multi-tube pipe, panpipe kind of thing. Uh, and drum. So the the dwarf playing the music has got one hand holding the pipe, moving it back and forth, and then another hand is tapping the rhythm on a drum. It's not like boisterous, it's just kind of like cheerful music. Good mood music. Celebratory. Right. It sounds like like generic medieval movie music. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that music is played, and... While that music is being played, like, the food is being brought out and mugs are being filled and things like that, then you hear Knuton, like, give, like, the, the opening speech of the Smashes meal. Smashes his tankard down to call attention. And uh, the music cuts out. He has to do that every night. He he delivers a little speech every night. <laughs> uh, just well, that's leadership. Yeah. He's going to make a leadership check because he's got the skill, so why not? We'll see how good a speech it is. This is a pretty large crowd of people, though. I mean, it's like mother making a speech about what I should be doing at dinner every night. <laughs> Ooh. Damn threats, though. His speech is a triumphant success with four threats. To make us nervous that there's... Guys, threats. threats to him. So, 
we could play this. He gives away some of his motivation-y type things for you guys to explore. I think that might later. be reasonable. Okay. Better than him dropping what he's holding. <laughs> he falls broke. <laughs> a terrible dinner. Gets his beard in the soup. I wouldn't wish that on anybody doing a speech. So he gives his speech, and it is focused on how great everything is going, that Untadunban is secure, that their fortress is defensible as ever, that the new money rolling in from all of their current customers was going to go towards many fine, more fine meals like this current one. I thought I was going to say, it's going to find some great schools. <laughs> more and explosives. Isn't it great when, like, instead of the humans leading undead here, that they, they lead profit here instead? And he, like, gives a shout-out to, like, various groups of dwarves, like... like hey, hey, Forge Group! <laughs> you did great, met quota last week. Yeah, it's it's like a toast for each of them kind of, yeah. right? Like, all right, let's raise a tanker to the refiners. I mean, it is fun. I have to say, that's yeah, a great I think we need to get caught up in it. It's a yeah. really good speech. Yeah. So, like, the refiners, the foragers, the mining team, the, the combat engineers. Yo, yo, the accountants, the inventory, the logistics yeah. support, the troll handlers. Like, <laughs> like movie credits. Yeah. <laughs> the best grip. <laughs> hey, our elf wranglers, thank you. What you will get from this is essentially that he believes that, like, these caves and stuff are, like, the dwarves' birthright. And, like, it's providing everything his people need. And you, you might say it's the, the bedrock of his belief system is that these caves and tunnels are theirs. And you will also pick up on a certain amount of arrogance. But that's just dwarves, right? <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how to be humble, like elves. I was going to be like, Dan, you're getting him into a bro because you're using like, your Sorry. bro voice. However, he is very amicable. You know, like, we're all working together, like, your team, like... He's not like, I'm better than you, he's... Right, like, he has That's arrogance. clearly evident. He has, like, arrogance, but... But it's a, a pan-dwarvish arrogance. Yeah. Like, we're dwarves and we can do this. And we've been here for hundreds of years. We'll be here hundreds of years after this. It doesn't matter what they send at us. Kabak, he used to be a problem. Now his trolls are running our powder kegs. Kabak. So many questions. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's that's what you get from this speech. Okay. Yeah, I am impressed he does this every night. Yeah, maybe it's not like a triumphant success every that's night. True. That's true. And <laughs> yeah, maybe he got carried away and made, I don't know if it's it, like, yeah. Maybe also he knows that there's elves here. Like, that's true. And so he's there's like. Some visitors he's putting on a show. Yeah. They, they can handle whatever they throw out. Because, yeah, maybe you think he's laying it on a little bit thick that these dwarves, like, the super pro dwarf agenda here. And also that it, they're not an easy target, maybe. Because if we're spies. Yeah. You may recall that, that you had some threats last yeah, time good. that word was going to get around that elves were here. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. And so, like, after he finishes his toast, then he, he calls, like, Glamour, put those, those pipes away. Come, come join us at the table here. And what did he call this person? Glamour. Glamour. Glamour? Not Perhaps glimmer. Like... Glamour, if you want to say it that way. Okay. And so that dwarf puts their things down and... Heads over to sit at Knutin's end of the table, and you soon hear raucous laughter coming from that end of the table. Well, I can inject some raucous, even more raucous laughter on our end of the table. It's a, it's a bard off then, isn't it? <laughs> Apparently, what are you going to do, Trick Manu? We need to tell a ridiculous elvish story that's relatable to dwarves. Maybe fun of humans, that's No, I think it'd be even funnier if it was like. A story about elves where, like, the elves are, like, actually silly. Which is uncommon, but... Silly elf stories? Elves being silly. I don't think that's canonical, Lesma. Well, that's what Trick is here to fix. (laughs) Those silly elves. Maybe trolls. Or orcs. No. He'll tell a story about an elf who thought he was a dwarf. Oh, you're just making it up right now. Oh, yes, he's absolutely 100% making it up. Uh, Yes, a story about an elf who thought he was a dwarf. Uh, so he went to go live in the caves. So not like an elf raised by dwarves. No. A confused elf. A confused young elf. Who decided to go live amongst where uh, he felt he, he was belonged. A dwarf. That he was just an exceptionally tall dwarf. 
Is this just the movie Elf? No, that would have been a good inspiration. <laughs> and he can't grow the facial hair, so he has to use moss. He just he, his, he grows his hair out so long, so he ties it around as though it is a beard. Uh, he takes his hand to try and mining, uh, but he's just too. He doesn't have the like the strength for it. Yeah, he tries refining, but that doesn't work out either. His skin can't handle the the costlessness. He tries out forging. None of these things work. This is Goldilocks and the Three Bears. No, mm-hmm. I don't know where this is going. Just so we're clear. <laughs> this iron is too refined. This iron, this iron is not refined enough. Ah, but it turns out he was helpful to the dwarves. When the dwarves were on a battlefield, and they needed someone who could see over the battlements. <laughs> see over the enemy battlements. It's not that he was perceptive, it's just that he, he was, was tall. tall. He was tall. <laughs> it's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's what it is. That is how he earned his place among the dwarves. So you can use make a roll. Yeah, that sounds good. You want to use the story point? I got one story, but I feel like I should save that. You make a verse check here? Sure. I don't oh. know if there's a way I can help you on this. Yeah, just let me dig my own grave. I mean, I could ask questions. That would probably make it worse for him, actually. <laughs> Throw in ideas? I don't yeah. know. How hard do you want this to be? You're trying to impress large groups, so I think three purples. Okay. That is a failure with a threat. You know, that ending needs some work. <laughs> Make it for the height. So take a strain. Yeah. You do not get the raucous laughter you were hoping for. I think there is a lot of, of like, where is this story going kind of thing. <laughs> Got to workshop that one. How, about, how do you interact with the doors around you other than politely? Yes, politely, charm. But do I want to know everything? I probably ask questions is what I probably do. Like about the food? Yeah. I can ask questions about the food and the ale, and I actually am curious about the blender buses some more. Let me pick something. I mean, that's a thing. But yeah, but you know what's in front of me is also very that's interesting. True. So I don't know anything about dwarves coming into this. So yeah, I guess I will ask about the food and the ale. Curious, like, do they farm the tubers, and how do they get the sunlight to it? Do they have farms up above, or... Make a charm check just to see how you're... Let's see what I say. Let's see how it goes over. You're probably not focused on as many dwarves as Trick was trying to impress. No, actually, I'm okay to just, like, pick out any dwarf that will answer me. Okay, so <laughs> difficulty is two. I fail. So then I guess I'm just like, where does the food come from? <laughs> well, you know, you, like, you ask some penetrating questions, and, like, the dwarf that you've chosen is does just it like, it comes from the kitchens. It's not an interesting topic. You'll just have to eat food yourself. Well, how is the food? The food is all right. It's, it's more sufficient. hearty than a. It's not really spiced. It's sufficient. It seems like Knuton spreads a good table. Like he's not holding things back. You get kach in here to eat. So, after a little while, there's another musical interlude. This one is primarily drumming. And the dwarves around you, like, they bang their tankards down on the table. Um, in time with it, this seems to be a, a song that they, they have heard quite a few times. One of the dwarves by you says they'll be a little disappointed once Glamour moves on. But uh, it's been good having them here. Where are they headed next? Don't know, but uh, get around a bit. And this is, like, a career? <laughs> They're the traveling. Gotta send messages back and forth, you know, find out how the other dwarf groups are doing across the continent. Like, Trick needs to rethink, like, is that what the, like, elvish scouts do when they ride on horses? Do they really just tell ridiculous stories? Maybe I need to get a horse. I mean, you don't know what kind of stories they were telling. That's true. That that defies Trick's understanding of what elvish scouts do. They always seem so perfunctory. They're reporting information. So serious. Just yeah. For, just the facts. They take it very serious. It's like Pony Express. But maybe it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe dwarves are just much more chill about it. After this particular percussion number is done, then uh, Knuton stands up and he says, Floor's open! So a dwarf hops up on, on the bench. Everything wobbles a little bit. Uh, and that, that dwarf... Raises a complaint about something. That dwarf, uh, you know, voices his concern about some particular, somewhat obscure topic, and Knuton, like, makes, like, a 
snap judgment on the issue. Yep. And the dwarf sits down. I think uh, Trickbag leans over to Hefa and I'm like, you should... I'm like, clearly this is what's happening, but I don't know how. Wait. Okay, I think I have an idea. Just tell them what we know. Another dwarf jumps up oh, no. and says, Ah, what are elves doing here anyway? And you flipped a negative story. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, well, that's fine. Don't be too excited here. <laughs> yeah, okay, well, in that case, we can stand up. Definitely. Well, no, can you has to, like, answer. Yeah, like, yeah. This guy, like, states his problem that it's one thing to have carters show up to transport things. Fine. You know, humans got to move the goods that they're purchasing. But didn't we learn last month that we can't just be letting any traveler come through because this does not turn out well for dwarves? We didn't check that we weren't followed. It's okay. I got I got, I got to handle it. Okay. I'm walking around with this crystal. Who knows what it's drawing? And... Newton's gonna make his uh, he's gonna make a leadership check here. Uh, dwarves are willful though. Dwarves are willful. And he is going to succeed. So he is going to throw a hatchet at the guy. You're dumb. That's oh, not no, leadership. Not that? That's oh, okay. coercion. Sorry. <laughs> Different culture. That's orc. Orc leadership. Sorry, go ahead. So Knuton tells them that like dwarven hospitality like needs to be better than you know, we're above anything that anybody can throw at us. Like, they're not even a threat. Yeah, yeah, there's some elves here. Look at them. They're tall and skinny. Stand up. How tall I am. Be taller and skinnier and hairless. The dwarves can handle anything, and if they were traveling the land, they would want to be welcomed into villages, and that you cannot let one incident or two incidents or ten incidents of stupid humans affect your view of how we welcome travelers through our halls. Well, this guy's good. I hate to ruin his whole Wouldn't it be, like, but instead of undead, wouldn't it be, like, sprites following us or something? <laughs> Some fairy creatures causing mayhem. So okay. the dwarf sits down. Successful leadership yep. here. That dwarf recognizes the wisdom of his lord and sits down. But you are standing up, I believe. Uh, yeah, Trick will stand up and, like, he'll raise his glass to, you know, hail uh, Lord Knutin. Are you addressing Yeah. Okay, are you going to get on the bench or not? Or do you consider yourself tall enough on the ground? I feel like I'm probably tall enough. I will stand up because that seems like the thing to do, but I don't need to stand on yeah, the I bench. Yeah, I don't think I need to stand up on the bench. I don't think anyone Follow. wants to look at my behind. Trick menu's lead. Yeah. Lord, can you, did he name what this location is? Yes. This location is Untdunbin. That's what that word was for. Okay. It is the fortress Untdunbin. You know, Lord of Untdunbin, strongest... Fortress in these. East. Est. What is the name of Estmar? Estmar Hills. That's the human name for the hills, of course. Yes. Strongest fortress in these hills. And indeed, he is absolutely correct. No no force could pose any threat to you dwarves here. So mighty are your forges that we have seen. Except for you. You are the threat to yourself. No. <laughs> well, after fashion, that's what I'm getting around to. <laughs> yeah. Truly, you have mastered these very caves itself. And you've seen some of your amazing things. We are mere emissaries uh, of the Esperan Forest. The only thing that could possibly hurt you is your own limitless capability. <laughs> Not your own arrogance. <laughs> no, I don't want to say it that way. <laughs> that certainly, like, the humans could not harm you. The undead could not harm you. Certainly the elves could not. We were going to. Lay, lay a pointy <laughs> ear upon you. I think maybe you need to go to scouting class. <laughs> that is not how we fight. <laughs> But your own mining may pose a risk to you. Grumble, 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 grumble. You've mastered the rock and the earth, but above you there lies a swamp. Every phase of the moon, the great quaking from your impressive mining operation causes great cracks to form in this swamp, where an air from your fortress comes up, and I fear soon water from that swamp comes down. There's a, uh, I hadn't thought about it so much, but we're trapped in these tunnels and they're just blowing it up. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they don't blow it up on themselves. Indeed, only a dwarf could break this fortress. We would hate to lose such, could you such a treasure. Would you like a charm check? I don't feel like I'm coercing them. No, you're not coercing them. This is public speaking at its finest here. Yeah. You are trying to charm someone who could is... You, someone cool. who has cool? Someone who has cool. Oh, no. Two reds and a purple. And a black. 
I don't know that I can help you with this or not. I think right now you cannot. Because it seems like you're, you've got center stage. He's delivering a speech. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be weird. You like pull out your scientific notebook. I've been charred. <laughs> We've got histograms too. I just nod. Yeah. Good news, bad news. Success, one advantage, also despair. Okay. You start a riot. For real. It's a despair. Okay. Is that not? No, no, that's good. I'll, I'll roll with it. Uh, you have a success though. Uh, so I convinced Knuton, but... You convinced Knuton of the importance that he needs to discuss this with you? Yeah. But the hall breaks out into, like, an uproar. Ugh. Some dwarves are like, who are these elves telling us what to do? And then other people are like... I knew it! I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some people are like... We should stick with the old ways are best! <laughs> yes. To get, like, that much ore at once, like, must come with a great prize, you knew that! You spilled my ale. You flew too close to the center of the earth, and you were burnt. <laughs> yes, and then things like you spilled my ale, and like the room is out of control. Do you want to slip out now? Now that we've caused enough trouble. Well, the question is, do you want to slip out, or do you want to slip forward, or do you want to hide? Things are going to happen, but you're allowed to. You guys are each allowed to roll before the next set of things happens here. I guess it depends on how dangerous it seems like it's getting. If people are just yelling or if they are getting animated and physical. There is a certain amount of jostling. Okay. Nobody's, like, throwing hatchets around or anything. Right. There are definitely, like, people at other benches who are, like, standing up and turning around and, like, looking at you guys. Okay. Nobody's, like, coming at you weapons in hand, but there's... Part of me wants to think that like a barroom brawl would be, you know, a really good way to get in with the dwarves, but maybe not quite like this. Well, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if it was starting to get like brawly or just talky. Right now, it's that the people are standing up and shouting. Okay. That, I was just worried about being trapped down on the bench. Uh, apparently, maybe it's kind of a little bit of a music. coward. Why don't we get over to that glamour person? Get them to drum out, literally drum out the. If you have an idea, I will follow you. I, just, I think that would be a good idea, but I'm not a musical person. You need a coordination check to navigate through what is turning into a crowded oh, space. Oh, we're going to have to navigate through the dwarves? Yeah. I mean, you know what? I don't think I want to be separated. I'm just going to crowd surf them, right? No? Average? There's um, a black guy because they're literally standing in the way? Dwarves are not very agile, oh. but there are quite a few of them. So, so it's, it's going to be a red die. Okay. And there's going to be a black die because you have attracted attention. So there will be some dwarves specifically who are kind of like... Where are you going? Yeah. But Hepa said she didn't want to be separated from you, so you get a blue die for her. We're staying together. We can see exactly where we need to get. Just like the story. Yep. One success and three threats. So maybe take a few punches along the way. Take some, some strain there. I'm not going to use the threats to knock you down. You did manage to get... Oh, or should I? I get knocked down right when I... That would affect your standing with the person you're talking that to. That is very true. Literally affect your standing. So, yeah, we will use that. This is going to be like the campaign where three threats equal knockdown happens all the time. Okay, that works. So, yes, you roll to the feet of... As the dwarves are getting more, like, feisty and animated, and there is some shoving going on now, and there is maybe a punch or two being thrown in places where people have knocked over their drinks and stuff. Right. But you guys wend your way through the crowd until the very end when you trip and stumble and, and Trick lands at the feet of Glamour. And Wait, but Lord Knutson or whatever? Lord Knutson. But the, he doesn't say anything or he just kind of watches everybody? Because if we have enough time to work our way over there. During that time, I wanted you guys to have a role to do stuff before. Okay. Because he's made roles to do stuff. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe he's just like taking it in or something then. You guys are running your way through, like, there's definitely shouting going on, and you were specifically aiming for Glamour, though, right? Yes. Okay. So you are reaching Glamour, and I'll have to make his leadership check at that point. So there are black dice, though, because everybody is worked up. He succeeds his leadership check. So Knuton is standing and is shouting, and dwarves near him are starting to, like, settle down. But it's a big room. Dwarves further back are taking a little while to, to come into control. At this point, you guys have rolled up to the feet of Glamour. Mm-hmm. Glamour is maybe a little thinner than your average dwarf. 
They travel a bunch, yeah. Has brown hair, but that's somewhat streaked with gray. Mm-hmm. And uh, some elaborate braids in the front. No beard, but like a smattering of little bits of hair here and there on the face. And they look down at the pile of elf at their feet, and they say, Now, that wasn't as good a tale as the one you told yesterday. I'm a clever retort. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, we got a lot of people riled up. Was that your goal, then? (sighs) Don't want to reveal. It could have been. And at which point they say, Now that's a sharp answer. And lowers a hand to each of you. I'll take it. Thank you. just going to try to, like, bounce up. Do that. Jump up from... It's not going to go well. This is a coordination check. This is hard, I feel like. It's average. Average. Uh, nope. That's a failure. You're, like, you're trying to jump up before they can pull you up? Yeah. Okay. Hepa will accept help and think them... Yeah. Okay. No one's pretty hard. That's not soft earth. Not quite as springy. No, no, it's not. Oh, we thought uh, your uh, drums might be a good thing to calm these people down. Do you play yourself? No, I'm a very serious person. <laughs> they laugh. Music, Elvish music is very based on like the lyre and the harp. Oh, it's based on the lyre, is it? No. <laughs> Clearly, <to it>. Ooh, <laughs> they are good. Whew. I, I think the drums should work here. So they bring you along over to the corner where their music setup was, and uh, they hand you a small drum that's got little metal jingles around the side. Okay. And tell you to hold it like lightly in this hand, and with the other hand, you're just gonna rhythmically hit the skin. I do it and look. Just like that, and check. They give you. It was so much fun traveling with you. The, like bongo <laughs> drum or whatever. Yeah, but they're not, like, full-on ones. They're, like, portable ones. Okay. So they have, like, a strap around the neck. They give those to you. And then they pull out a bagpipe. Serious. Yes. Oh, yeah, I want to see what this thing does. So it's this huge air contraption with pipes coming out. You've never seen anything like this before. Oh, yeah. I wanted, I really, I'm really curious how this is going to go. And there's the warm-up, like... <laughs> Does that mean it's like a troll's stomach? <laughs> sheep. It's from a sheep's stomach. Um, Hope he didn't have indigestion. And then Glimmer starts stamping their foot in a way to establish the beat that you guys need to follow. And then this... Piercing, horrifying wail, or this delightful, resonating sound. Or this very interesting <laughs> concept of music. Yes. Begins piercing through the room, and they're going to make their verse check. Their dissonance check? No. Their check to calm people down. Do we have to roll to... Okay. You're just giving Glimmer blue dice. Okay. Success with two advantages. So, the sound pierces the room, combined with the successful leadership check by the Lord, and the excellent backup percussion from the elves. <laughs> and it probably looks very elven. Elvish. <laughs> Dwarves, like, go quiet once, like, your music is resonating through the hall. And then there's a certain amount of, like, ushering people out. Oh, thanks to Glamour and the Mixed Species Band. Is that, like, the end of those... Episode music is what we're playing. <laughs> They're like, okay, I'm to leave. The music's playing. There's like freeze frame and credits. Yeah. Until such a time that there's Knudin and Trigger and Glimmer and you two left in the hall. Along with some guard type people who have, Just so we don't get any who have ushered out and then like closed the door to this particular hall and are now standing guard in front of it. And I mean, I've told some bad stories, Glimmer, but never none that have cleared the room like yours. It was the music. That was magical. It was probably me with the tambourine. <laughs> and now you are have a mostly private audience with Lord Knoon. Are you going to continue to be flippant? Maybe it's a good time for Heba to <laughs> present a more cogent argument. Scientific. Uh, yeah, I can I can be the proper one. You are high society. And so is this fellow. You have your upbringing, right? Yeah, I have the proper... But I don't know what that... I believe you can suffer strain to add advantages to a roll. 
Well, I will do that. If I'm going to be rolling social. Lord Knudin, um, what Trick Manu says is true. I have to remember what you said. You represent the heaven, I'd say. Like, greetings from the noble house or whatever your house is. Sure. That's great. <laughs> the formal introduction is what I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my mom, because <laughs> my mother taught me to be polite. So, I don't know. Maybe I like you would that. lead in even more like we were investigating some bad water. Let's hear. Yeah. Okay. True. We're concerned. Except for I'm going to use a little bit bigger words. Yeah, that's probably good. Because I'm not Lily. So I'll do introductions for both of us. Uh, my cousin Trick Menu and a um, bunch of stuff that he said. And what do I want to be like the point? Um, and I guess we've come to speak to you about it. Yeah, Thank it's you like, for are your hospitality, you blah, blah, blah. Voicing concern about it. Okay, then yeah, I will say we have concerns about the stability of the bog and the um, quality of the water. And now a little bit, <laughs> she's, you know what, now she actually has concerns about not just stability of the bog, stability of your cave. <laughs> she will add that in, being in the cave right now. I don't think she's lying about that. So yeah, so that's what she will say. And then okay. I think what she's going to end with is, and we wish to speak with you further or whatever, basically kind of invite. I'll roll and see what she actually says, maybe. But, um, yeah, I'll take a strain to be stuffy. And this is a charm check? Yeah, I hope so. All right, it's two reds, a purple, and a black. I think I'd like to use a story point. We have one story point. Go for it. I will take it. I don't know if that's going to get me there, but two threats. Maybe I'm obviously nervous, and that's my nerves is the threats, or do do I just drop what I'm holding? (laughs) No, we're not going to do that. Necromantic control crystal falls out of your back. I knew it. Can't trust these elves. Necromantic. <laughs> the women undead come shuffling in. Mama. <laughs> okay. He, like, waves away your, like, overly... I go too formal. Like, yes, he is a person of standing and stuff, but you're being too, like, flowery and everything I'm like being that. I'm being elvish. Yeah. We look longer than humans, but we don't... We don't have all the centuries <laughs> that, like, the elves have here. Like, get to your point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not, like, positively disposed towards you. He's going to apply a black dye to your next check. Okay. Now, the way I'd like to do this is I'd like to handle this as social combat. Okay. For the purpose of convincing Knuton something related to what's going on here. So he's your target, but there are other people here. Mm -hmm. So Trigator is here, as well as Glamour. And Trick is here, and... So is Hepa. So Knuton's strain threshold is what the social combat is going after. Okay. If Trick, you are going to be the mouthpiece of your side, then your strain threshold is the one that counts for combat purposes. But Hepa can do things to help you. Other people can do things to act as well. Yeah, that makes sense. So Hepa tried to help here this first round. If you want dwarves to do something before you speak... That's fine. I think that would make sense. Okay. But a dwarf can go, I don't know if Trigador wants to dismiss these elves or it's troublesome. Trigador's going to make the case that the mines are sufficiently removed from the fortress that it doesn't matter. If something happens to that set of mines, they're just out some trolls and they can find another vein someplace else. Does that make sense for the path the water would follow? Like if it flooded in here, is the fortress laid out on the path so such that the water would just go by or could we tell were there too many windies because i just i mean i don't know what kind of water gates they have but not that i'm saying anything but i'm curious if that's true like if the mines were to flood would that just flood everything in the caves it is true that the mining was removed from the habitation areas now what quantity of water would come down and like how it all would go that's up in the air okay but but his point is, like, it's not like the roof of the banquet hall is going to collapse and a swamp is going to fall in. The mining is far enough away that his explosions are not a threat to the fortress itself. That's his take. Okay. That's his argument. So he is going to make a roll. And I feel like this is kind of negotiation. This is, like, that's an acceptable loss. Okay. Assuming it's true. It's like, that's after the account. It's worth it. We're making so much money, you guys. He's negotiating the new guys. Then make it three purples. I will upgrade on his behalf because he is not a negotiator. Nope, he's got two failures. 
So he is not aiding his cause. Is it that Kadutin is like, well, I want to hear this out. And yes, I, I've heard your numbers, Trigador. Or how does he know that it's not going to cause problems yeah. over here? The plates could be huge or whatever. It's a big explosion. Uh, okay. Trick can actually work with that. He's going to make it. He's actually going to make a related comment. Like a clever retort? Uh, no. I mean, they feel the shaking here, too. Yeah, like, so, they yeah. they feel the shaking. We talked to one of their finers. He mentioned that. And, like, this experimental mining seems really amazing and destructive. Do you really want to be doing that experiment this close to your home? Like, where you could feel it in your own house. That's what, like, Trick will offer. And I, I don't feel like this is coercion. I don't see how that is. I'm not making a threat. No. Do you remember that they've been doing this for a year? They've been doing this for a year. So they've been eroding away the integrity, structural integrity. Yes, and a, and a dam works great until it finally bursts. How much structure have they just been vibrating week by week on this whole place? Like these yeah. archways? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> or uh, since we were just in the forge, you know, how hot is the blade that is tempered until you make it too hot? And it becomes brittle and shatters. Oh, you you try for a dwarven analogy? I will try, since we were just in the forge. I will grant that blue die. What skill are you viewing this as? I feel like this is still charm, because I'm trying to warn him of the risk of this. Okay. As a way of empathy, like. And like, it's bad, but like, yes, this is potentially a source of bad water for people who live in a swamp, people who live near the hills, us in the forest. But like, this experiment. Do you want to be doing that in your own house? Okay. You In your birthright. Do you want to destroy it? I was just about to tell you that you'd be getting a blue die for appealing to his his strength. One success, one advantage. Is one strain. That's one done strain to him. more. And one advantage. Well, recover some strain from me. Does that make an interesting point? But they've mm-hmm. been doing it for a year. And it's not in their house. Glamour speaks up. Before Knuton goes. And says to Knuton that a lot is riding on your decisions here that are going to your people for a long time. <laughs> just amps up the. We just inject some stress into the situation. And you need to ask yourself is this how you want to be remembered? They just want to increase the drama. That's true. Ooh, that is good. It's like it's forcing Knut to make a decision now and commit to whatever it is. So Glimmer is right at Kuten's side. Like almost whispering. Not whispering. Glimmer is a performer and wants to be heard. Glimmer is going to make a burst check. Does music start? So Glimmer is saying this. Is this how you want to be remembered? And you can hear the kind of rat-a-tat-tat-tat-tat of Glimmer kind of percussioning against their leg. So there's like this... A little background music. This rhythmic kind of like... Almost goes along with that beating of your heart. It's like, like adding to the drama. It's like a tense... Yeah, it's like oh a tension gosh. type thing. And... Great performer. Fascinating. This is a professional. This is a verse check. Pulls it off with advantage. They're going to use advantage to add a black die to Knuton's check. Okay. And they have succeeded at their verse check which they were doing on your behalf. Ooh. Interesting. These kids need a break. Or could be reagent. They or could just be helping everybody. Interesting story. Yeah. yeah. Next turn, you know, they'll do something on Knut's bat. Yeah. All right. So now Knuton's going to go, and Knuton is suffering from the curse effect, essentially, of having ability decrease. And that's what Glimmer did? Yes. Glimmer did a verse check which was casting a curse okay. in the Terranoff mechanics. The effect of what Glummer did is until the end of Glummer's next turn, Newton's abilities are all one less. Because, yes, the tension is ratcheted up. So, Knuton is going to target you, Trick. Elves coming in and advising about how to run a mining operation. Is, you don't know what you're talking about, however well-meaning you may be. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's kind of a matter of like, yes, you, you looked at our forge, but that doesn't make you an expert on mining. Trigger here is my expert, and he has been assuring me for the past year that this is okay, that like this is what's enabling us, you know, to make so many weapons so fast. This is leading to the the great profit of our people. What have we ever done to you? 
Whatever. That you... Besides <laughs> poison the water supply, right? Exactly. And that's where his argument breaks down. Because clearly this is doing something to you. Yeah. And not just us. His view of the sphere of influence of their activity is obviously too small. So I think he kind of wants to tell you to like... I mean, it kind of sounds like leadership. Like This is not your place to... Yeah. Is that up against discipline then? It is up against discipline. But I'll throw in a clever retort. Like poisoning the water supply for everybody? Yeah. Not just the elves, the Saurians, the undead that live in the bogs? Don't you care about them? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you would hate it if we started growing a forest above your cave and the tree roots grew into your forge. Maybe that's what the undead were coming in to complain about the water supply. Two successes, you take two strain. He has three threats, though, which I think we could just have him take a strain. I support that. Well, he doesn't have like a, a secret. He doesn't have a secret agenda. We already learned some of his motivations. Yeah. Any extra threats are like a trick saying, like, you wouldn't want us to grow a forest on top of your mind and have the roots start breaking into your home. Yeah. Even though we can't see your mind. Particularly because you're doing clever retort. Yeah. Like, I think it makes sense for him just to take a strain. Heppa, did you want to go? What am I doing? You had tried to do polite introductions last time. We tried to figure out the science of it, but I, there is a question of what is the science about. Is it really a threat to the fortress? We know that it's causing problems for the water. I mean, did you want to point out like it's a problem? It's going to be a problem for the humans and other species as well. And if it's a problem for the humans, humans are the ones who are buying goods. Well, maybe I can roll geography and figure out where this river feeds That's to and how far it could. Okay. That's a good idea. Yeah, make a who could, Who else could be affected? And what would be the difficulty on that? Just two? Just two. Three successes and an advantage. I guess I can just pass the advantage to the next ally that goes. So, blue die for trick. Okay. But I don't know what the successes do. I will... Oh, I didn't say anything, though, huh? Well, you will in a moment when I tell you what your geography check tells you. Okay. This is part of the watershed of the River Weldon. Okay. The river flows north... And the Weldon feeds into the Great River. Oh my gosh. So it's going to be, which it's a bit diluted over there, but... Yes, but there are some major human settlements. Plenty of people live along that, that river system. Weldon is not really going to be affected because Weldon is further south. Right. But this is part of a major watershed. And you've made the geography check. So you, you have... A sense of, yes, the issue is most concentrated here, but from what you gathered earlier with the, the dowsing rod and stuff, it's also, this isn't just about what sentient species draw water from. Mm-hmm. Like, fish are going to be dying off. Right. Like, there's a lot of, of other repercussions that are... Entire ecosystem. If the fish die, then the, you know, the algae takes over or whatever. Let alone if the water all comes down in here and they stop, they effectively dam up the river. You're making a geography check, so your view is, is larger than just like what's going on with the cave. Right. So if the leakage is such that it doesn't flood out into Dunben Fortress itself, it's still going to affect, it's, going to bring whatever poisons are messing with the ecosystem above, it's going to introduce that down here. Or it could even redirect the water flow yeah. and starve. But you, you The could effect be, is the same, though. Yeah. You could be looking at your own tuber crops and your own mushrooms like suffering the same ill effects mm-hmm. as some of the things above currently are. However, it is that water tables leach up. If that all then comes crashing back down, it's not going to be good. Yes, and then there would be kind of two things, because one is not just, it's poisons in the water or disrupting the flow is going to have a similar effect, killing the birds and the whatever and the whatever, and that's going to come back here. And it's also going to kill people slowly, so when they figure it out, they're going to come here. (laughs) When their fish are all dead. Okay. Chicana, you'll have an upgrade because... Okay. So the effect is that it'll upgrade whatever he does? Yeah. So that's an interesting, like... Because the stuffy Yeah, elves. geographical. Geographical right. oddity. If it's flowing into the River Weldon, Wesnoth will be very upset. We're just some elves from Esprin Forest. We couldn't cause you any trouble. Are there. you intentionally switching to coercion now? No. Okay, then be careful how you choose okay. what you say. Because it was definitely sounding like you were... 
I understand that a lot of things sound like threats. Pointing out risks. You want to appeal to his dwarfmanity? The dwarfity. Yeah, I think Trick will probably leave it as like, humans might not like that. This is your own home, but there's another side of these hills, right? That's not too far. And all of that water just flows into the bitter swamp, which is just an undead cesspool, as far as anyone knows. We haven't investigated that yet. Definitely an undead cesspool. <laughs> so, wouldn't it help you and us and the humans and everyone else? The fish all the and crops, the fish, everything, and your own mountain, to mine that fresh veins on the other side of the hills that flow away from all civilization. You're trying to negotiate? I feel like this is negotiated. Yep. I got an upgrade. What is Canoes Negotiate? A red and two purples. That is one success. I'm going to keep chipping away and (laughs) one advantage. I'll pay a blue die forward. Whatever ally goes next. What dwarf can resist going after a new vein of ore? They could do both. Perfect. Time to expand operations. (laughs) Or if we reached half of his threshold, he's... If we offer him something, he'll consider this. No, we are not quite at that point yet. But Trigger is not going to act in this round. Okay. Because Trigger is, is now considering, like, all right, what's going to be involved in doing a survey over there? Got to clear and it out from the trolls that live there. Would we still be doing all the refinery here, in which case we've got to transport all that stuff back? Or would we set more up, carters we got to pay. We're going to set up forges over there. Like, are we, are we talking about establishing a whole new set? So I'm nerd sniped in. So Trigger is, like, running through all these calculations right now, and Trigger is not the type to hastily draw conclusions about things. Okay. So he's not going to provide advice on this topic until he's thought about it. So... You have taken Trigger's influence out okay. of play for, for this round. Newton, I think he's, he's going to push back a little bit. This fortress has been here for, like, a long time. Essentially, you're, like, trying to transfer his sense of birthright and place, right. like, into a, a broader aspect of, like, this whole underground complex than, than he's comfortable with. Okay, okay. So he's, he's going to push back a little bit on that and, like, no, this is our home and we're proper stewards of it. We know what we're doing. I know. <laughs> and he's actually he's gonna try charm here. Okay. He's gonna you know invite you to to stay and to like you know see all that Unstunman has to like offer. Like all the prosperity and, that and, he's, like, he's brought. Why like we can't just give pack up and go mine someplace else and like that's what his his approach is gonna be. You're red and two purples. He Surely did. he's got more charm than that. He does have more charm than that. Oh, right. But, but Lemur hasn't gone again yet. And the pressure, the pressure is on him. Uh, is he going to upgrade? Sure, he'll upgrade. Is a success. He takes a strain from the threat. Okay, there's a despair here. Oh. If I use that despair to be a strain, then he is past halfway. It seems so cheap, but... If that's what it takes. I mean, it's a despair. That's like, true. that's costing him... I think that that would make sense, though. He's mulling it over. No, you don't have to pack up. You will still be the lord of Undunbin. You would have some sort of vassal who would have to mind over. Now I can appeal to Trigador at the same time. This is a compromise type thing. So yeah. what they are agreeing to at this point is we will suspend... The explosions, for now, we will send in a team of civil engineer dwarves <laughs> to, to assess that. We'd like to have you guys look at things with the first set of engineers that go in for your perspective. Well, um, if you insist. And we need to find some dwarfs to go back up with you to the swamp to examine things from that side as well. And certainly, this means you need some more resources to get this going. We can try to raise it with the Elvish Council, I mean, since it affects us, too. We could see if they might be able to contribute something. Some more wood for some carts, maybe. <laughs> You're all about making deals with everyone. Look, that's what we got to do. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not totally bought on this idea of, of doing something somewhere else, but Knuton's like, maybe we do need to scale back the speed of mining that these explosions were designed yeah, for. Maybe, you know, 
once a moon. Well, we don't even know if the explosions are just the fact that they're excavating underneath. Right, but they scale it back a little bit. Yeah. So he asks Trigador to like run the numbers on how far along are we in fulfilling the order for Meriver? Like, how much is this going to put it back? Like, it may be that we can finish fulfilling that, and maybe the next order we take, we just need to scale back a little. Yeah, or I don't know if your runesmiths can like mitigate what's going on with the water. That'd be an alternative, and maybe shore up your walls to these kind of things. Obviously, I'm not a runesmith. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> no, no, you're not a runesmith. <laughs> so he sends Trigger off to like do calculations, and Knuton is done for the night. He's gonna he's gonna go walk the ramparts and bask in the glory of his his little fortress here. And Glamour says, "You two look like you could use a drink." I was just gonna ask for that. That would be wonderful. Thank you. Jan Jennifer here. Several units from the Battle for West Noth video game make an appearance in this arc. The party was attacked by vampire bats, Mary Ellen is a footpad, Trigger is a dwarvish thunderguard, and Lord Knutin, not only is he a dwarvish lord unit, but he's actually a character from Eastern Invasion, where he makes an appearance in Scenario 2. One of the fun things about making an RPG campaign from the video game was picking out little pieces of lore here and there that could inspire far more elaborate events at our table. This episode also introduces the Bard Glimmer. Their importance to the campaign is reflected in their inclusion in our group character portrait, where they can be seen sitting on the right. Their look was inspired by the Dwarvish Explorer unit. You've been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized, narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.